0: This is the Employment Law Show. It's Thursday. Let's get at her. It's uh, John Scholes here joining me momentarily. Chris Justice from Sanfiru and LLP. He is the Employment Lawyer on air with us tonight with all the knowledge. And he is the guy you'll want to ask the questions to. Email any other time is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And I'll give you a number a little later on to reach out to Chris. When we're not doing this half hour as well, the main topic in just a few moments here will be everything you need to know about a severance and severance deadlines. So there you go, that's coming up. First, though, we always start off with the case of the day, something you wanted to talk about. Chris, what's up, pal?
1: Yeah, so today I thought I'd talk about a situation that involved someone who spoke to me last week, and it had to do with a scenario where they were working for a company and they had been approached by their boss and the subject of retirement had come up. And this, I find, happens actually not too infrequently, where you'll have an employer maybe not come out right and say it, but sort of dance around the issue of retirement, maybe probe to see what's going on in the employee's mind. Hmm. And there's always that suspicion of potential human rights uh, violations going on. But this particular woman, she had come to me. She'd actually been working with the company for almost three decades, so quite a long time. Uh, absolutely no performance issues whatsoever. Uh, She was in her mid-60s. And as I say, her boss started to make some subtle and maybe not so subtle comments about this retirement issue. Um, For example, things like, how many more years do you think you're going to work here? I need to do some succession planning. Um, There was also some comments about needing a fresher outlook and updating uh, systems from a technological standpoint that I suspect the employer may have thought this person in in her age may not have been up to speed kind of thing. So these sort of, like I say, these direct and indirect comments where they're sort of probing it. And actually, there was even a discussion uh, they had brought to her attention about um, possibly getting some early retirement benefits. So she actually had no plans of leaving whatsoever. She was intent on working there for several years to come, even though she was in her mid sixties. Um, but this discussion that she had with her boss and, and the topics that came up around retirement sort of made her feel um, like she was being pushed out or maybe unwanted. And it ruffled some feathers for her. Um, and so she came to me and sort of asked me what her what her options were, um, whether their employer could do this or not. And the thing is that there's no longer any mandatory retirement. Um, so your employer can't force you out because you've hit a certain age. Um, and, and as I say, that could be potentially human rights. Um, violations Um, on top of, of course, the full severance package. Um, So as I say, she was really concerned. She felt like she was being pushed out and uh, she simply just wanted to get out and collect her package as unfortunate as as it was given her years of service. Um, So I I spoke to her. I told her that this definitely could be a situation where there's discrimination, um, though a lot of times, of course, the employer is going to outright deny it. So there becomes an issue uh, of evidence. But that in many cases, this can be treated as a constructive dismissal. If if these topics get brought up, if if you're asked point blank, you know, when you're going to be retiring, um, age-related discrimination is going to be a prominent thing there. And the employer is going to have to worry a lot just about that fact as well as, you know, your, your severance entitlements in general. So I, I think I'm going to be able to help this woman. We're going to get her some compensation, um, go down that constructive dismissal path and I think it's just a lesson for employers, too, that uh, you definitely need to be careful, even if you don't come out right and say, you're too old, we want you to leave, which no yeah. one's ever going to really say. Um, you also got to be careful about the other stuff, you know, how it makes somebody feel, the indirect comments that that could suggest uh, that that there's some issue with that person's age or that you're kind of looking to get them out to maybe bring in some new uh, some new employees. It, it's It's a very tricky situation that employers can get into and, and depending on what they say and maybe what's documented or recorded um, as I say they can find themselves in a lot of hot water having to pay not only your full severance which for, for someone with almost three decades could be no, two years two years, yeah, but, but also human rights violations and, and a ton on top of that so definitely something to be wary of for employers and if you're an employee in that situation you want to give a lawyer a call, get some legal advice and, and at least try to flesh out what your options are and um, sort of hone in on what exactly was said and, and how it made you feel.
0: Well, to your point, I mean, if you're an employer hearing this, you know, what are your options if I phone you and say, look, I'm not, I don't want to, f- you know, I, 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 all the things you mentioned, I do want to mm-hmm. know. I mean, I might be implementing a new system. Mm-hmm. Not sure if she can handle it. I mean, realistically, yeah. how much longer are you going to hang on here at this job? I mean, how do you, how do you approach an employee and with, you know, more of a bit of a velvet
1: touch, rather than saying,
0: "Hey, you're looking a little long in the tooth." So, uh, can I have your parking pass? Yeah. You know what I mean. Like, how 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 would you yeah, suggest yeah. doing
1: that? Yeah, there's absolutely no issue per se with updating systems. I, I think that's a part and parcel of of the business, and especially mm-hmm. as we go forward in time. You know, you're going to be updating systems. Things are going to get more, uh, say, technological, um, and, and there definitely could be people. Age could be high, could be low, but people that may have issues adapting to this. So, so I don't think it's an issue for employers to say, as a matter of fact, we're updating our systems or, um, you know, s- sort of stuff like that, but to sort of point to someone in particular and maybe folk, uh, single them out um, to sort of add on to the statement that there's a system updating uh, with another statement that says, I don't know if you're capable of it or, or I don't think this is really your forte, like that sort of commentary on top of just the facts. Um, I think is what gets most employers in trouble. Because as you say, you, you can certainly do things and say things, and it doesn't necessarily mean age-related discrimination whatsoever, but you've got to be careful with some of that commentary and, and sort of just maybe at best treat it you know, like as if everyone's the same in that respect. You know, like These are the changes that are happening, just to let you know. Uh, if you have any questions, whatever, come to me, ask me. We can work together. I mean, if you're reasonable as an employer, you give people notice of things, you, you give people a chance to respond. I don't think they're generally going to be a problem, but as I say, it's it's when that other commentary comes in where where it's almost like, you know, this is what's happening and this is what we think we should do with you now. Um, that's going to be where you're getting into that hot water, that tricky situation.
0: We'll take our one short break right now, again, dive right into our main topic, everything you need to know about a severance and severance deadlines on the way. Employment Law Show rolls on. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show. Help at employmentlawyer.ca and 1 855 855 855 855 8215900 you also have the benefit of exploring uh, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca access to the severance calculator and a lot of your questions will be asked uh, answered rather by simply going to that website okay everything you need to know about severance and severance deadlines number 1 chris how is a typical typical severance offer uh, structured really
1: so, so usually usually the the severance offer is pretty standard across the board mm-hmm. uh, usually you get a letter it says that, you know, unfortunately, further to today's discussion, we're letting you go. It's without cause for the most part anyways. And uh, this is the severance package that we're willing to offer you. And they propose to pay people out sometimes uh, by way of a lump sum. Uh, sometimes they do it. They, they just keep you on the payroll. They just pay through salary continuation. Um, but generally, that's the gist of it. You know, we're letting you go. Here's the offer. Um, please get back to us by no later than seven days, usually about a week. Um, We want you to sign this full and final release that's attached to the offer before we give you any money above and beyond what we owe you at bare minimum. And uh, yeah, a lot of people definitely have an issue with the deadline. A lot of people I speak to um, are very nervous, very worried, Um, but that's generally what it says. But people do need to know that you have upwards of two years to pursue a claim against your employer if you feel as though um, you, you've been wrongfully dismissed if you feel as though you're owed more severance. But that in a nutshell is generally what that first termination letter is going to say and, and sort of enclose.
0: So I really don't need to be concerned about that deadline. Just go, yeah, okay. Well, I'm just going to seek some legal advice and I'll, I'll let you know.
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, like I say, are very much concerned. You know, I talk to people, I have consultations with people. Weeks, We get signed up, we get the ball rolling, but they always mention to me, hey, Chris, you know, I've only got, you know, two or three days, we got to get a letter to that company ASAP. We got to respond to that company right yeah. away. Yeah. And and that's usually where I say that, you know, if not before, actually, that the deadline is pretty much meaningless. You don't need to be concerned about the deadline. Um, your, as I say, your legal rights don't expire just because you didn't get back to them by the end of business at the end of a week. Um, you've got those two years if you need it to pursue a claim against them. Um, and the fact of the matter is that whatever you are being offered from the outset, is, is very, very likely going to be much less than what you're actually owed. Yeah. So it's almost a moot point, really, because I tell people, look, I think you should turn down this offer. I don't think you should accept the offer. You should be going in. We should be going in with a higher offer. And by doing that, we're invariably going to be rejecting that first offer. So mm-hmm. the, the fact of that offer maybe going out the window on a temporary basis probably doesn't mean a whole lot, seeing as how yeah. we're going to be chasing them for more. You know, it's... It's 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 almost as if uh, your employer says, uh, or or maybe let's say your employer owes you a thousand bucks, but then they tell you that if you don't sign this piece of paper by five o'clock tomorrow, we're we're not going to give you twenty (laughs) five bucks. Well, you're you're not going to say no to the twenty five anyways because you want to go after the thousand. So you say no, thanks, pay me the thousand, and and that's sort of the same way it works for the severance package. You you might be owed as as a matter of law a year of severance, and your employer saying get this thing back to us by the end of the week. Otherwise, we're not going to give you four months of severance. And you're thinking, well, hold up a minute. That's way less than I would that want to accept anyway. So uh, as I say, it's a pretty common concern. It's, it's an understandable concern as well, especially at that time in someone's life. They've been let go and they're worried about their finances. But um, people out there should just know not to be concerned. Definitely get in touch with a lawyer. Um, a lawyer can help out a lot, an employment lawyer. But, but don't be so fixated and concerned on that initial deadline in that letter.
0: So knowing all that and the fact that we have a lot of listeners that have been listening to the show for years and years, I mean, why, do, mm-hmm. why, as an employer, if you put your employer hat on, why bother with the deadline?
1: Well, it's just, it's effective. It's effective in in getting people to sign those full and final releases. Um, I mean, for every person that I speak to that has second thoughts and you know says, hey, Chris, before I sign this, what are my rights? What am I looking at here? I'm sure there's probably four or five, six, seven, eight, nine people out there that think nothing of it didn't get a yeah. lawyer don't have any idea of what their rights are completely ignorant to it all thinking maybe you know what this is actually better packages i thought it's above what they owe me at minimum and so they sign it so i just think it's number one a potential pressure tactic right because you want to mm-hmm. you want to get people yeah. to sign the thing um you know given that especially they're at a vulnerable time in their life potentially but but the second thing is it just probably saves companies on the whole a lot of money um so so that's i think why it's a business decision. But you know, for everyone out there that's got a package in front of them and is just thinking, you know, this looks good. I need the money right away. Just just think for it a second time. You know, get that legal advice because even though you might think you're getting fifty thousand and that's great, you could be walking away from a hundred or 150000 hundred fifty thousand and and just have no idea that that was even possible.
0: So, the deadline obviously not enough time to get it reviewed. Give you a call, let you have a look at it, so on and so forth do i do I have to do I have to go ask for an extension? Do you do that, or I just automatically <clears throat> not even ask to say, yeah, "Okay, I got that, but uh, I'll get back to you when I'm ready yeah,
1: yeah, you don't have to ask. I think right. you probably don't need to ask just given my comments about how the deadline's effectively useless and how in mm. most cases you're probably going to be wanting to go back in with a higher number, but I usually more so maybe as a courtesy. Uh, whether it's myself or I'll tell the person themselves, the employee or the individuals let go, um, if there is, say, a deadline for December the 8th tomorrow, uh, I might say, well, can I please have an extension or I just need a bit more time to review and consider my options. So I'd like an extension to December 15th instead, you know, and, and frankly, 99 times, if not 100 times out of 100, companies will come back and say, yes, no problem. We'll give you some more time. Please let us know. And then by the time that new deadline ends, I've already gotten in touch with the lawyer, the company rather, and and like I say, it's pretty much a moot point. So don't have to ask for it, but maybe as a courtesy, ask for it a bit more of an indulgence, and then you know the lawyer steps in and, and takes it from there.
0: I've uh, I signed a severance package before I heard you felt pressured by it. Don't know if I was. I feel like I was. Can I take it back?
1: Yeah, it's it's a very difficult situation, and and it's very unfortunate in a lot of cases because. In general, very hard to take it back. Um, Even if there is some element of pressure, um, there normally has to be a pretty high degree of pressure um, to the point where somebody is under um, duress—you know, that figurative gun to the head sort of uh, thing—before they can maybe even have a chance of uh, arguing that the document they signed um, is no longer effective. Um, So, so yeah, very unfortunate um but but that is that is how it goes there's not a lawyer really that's going to be able to help you as i say unless you're in some sort of exceptional bracket which is possible definitely possible that someone could be told for example if you don't sign this in the next 5 minutes you're getting nothing right there there are more extreme situations and you know depending on maybe the individual circumstances and how vulnerable they are the the balance of power between them and the company these factors can sort of contribute to potentially getting around that but I would say the vast majority of these cases, very difficult, and, and I'd say all the more reason why, just don't sign it. Get the legal advice first. Even if you're under pressure, just make a quick phone call um, so you can avoid uh, having to be in that sort of precarious situation. You, you probably
0: don't come across that a lot, though, right? Most most employers are like, you know, take take a week or take a few days and then get back to us, right? Like how many, how many times do you come across saying, yeah, you're signing before you walk out that door?
1: Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It is relatively rare. But there's also situations that I've seen where um, maybe there isn't a full and final release that's been signed, but there's a bunch of email correspondence or exchanges that happen where, say, an employer says, Here, this is what I'm thinking of offering you. Like, what do you think? And then, say, the employee responds and says, Yeah, you know what? If you can just give me, you know, eight weeks of severance and some benefits for those eight weeks and, you know, whatever, let's say they're only there for a year or two. So it's above the bare minimums. It, there could still be technically an agreement so you even you want to be even careful as an employee or an individual in in sort of coming to an agreement reaching this mutual understanding of getting x uh, mm-hmm. in order to depart or, or following your departure cuz that could constitute a offer and acceptance as well so you just want to be careful whatever it is whether you're signing something whether you're being asked definitively by employer like is this good is we have a deal on this number you know you don't want to be sending an email saying yes we've got a deal thanks very much. And, and be on your way. Cause then later on, if you come to me and say, Hey, Chris, I think I made a mistake. Um, you know, a year after the fact, a- again, that could still be a very difficult situation to be in oh, yeah. to try to get around that too. Cause of course the employer is going to say, look, we had a deal in principle, we had a handshake, whatever. And, and even if it's not as strong of an argument as you've signed a release, it's still going to give you a headache and, and you're mm-hmm. still going to have to get over some obstacles to kind of get around that sort of a deal that was struck.
0: So I've been let go, got a severance offer in front of me. What's the, uh, you know, what do I do? Panicking, but what
1: do I do? Well, we've got a severance pay calculator at our firm's website, so definitely, you know, everyone's got a phone. You can check out online on our website um, what you're generally owed by just punching in a few key facts. You know, your age, length of service, the position that you had with the company, and that calculator is going to shoot out uh, sort of a, a rough estimate of what you could get. And oftentimes, that number is is a lot greater than whatever it is on that initial termination letter. Um, otherwise, I would say definitely contact a lawyer. Get an employment lawyer involved. At least have a consultation. Doesn't mean you're going to get locked into any legal process, whether it's a lawsuit or you know protracted negotiations for months and months. Just at least have that call so you're aware of your rights and entitlements. And I pretty well can assure you that most people that become aware of those rights and entitlements do pursue more and end yeah. up getting more. So, so yeah. it works out. And as I say, you're not locked into necessarily some year to year long legal battle
0: have a call here in the meantime. Dennis, how are you, pal? Thanks for taking the time. Good evening. Okay, you barely hear you. You're bare, very, very faint. Are you in, yeah, you're in a tunnel, possibly? Trapped under something heavy? No? Yeah, I can barely hear you, Dennis. I'll give you about three seconds, and we'll put you on hold again and see if we can get you in a clear spot. You got gotcha? it,
1: yeah, just a little. Trappy. Yeah, Dennis
0: is like, uh, yeah, he's like, he's like in, in the tip of the South Pole. We'll see if we get a little clear, uh, clear shot from him. Um, how about this one? Some of the, uh, you know, the the automatic mm-hmm. reaction you get that severance package. Oh, I know what phone call I'm going to make. It's not going to be to Chris. It's going to be to the Ministry of Labor. Wow, can they help me obtain that full severance? I think you know the answer to this one. And a lot of our listeners should by now this uh, should know this by now too. but What do you say?
1: Yeah, no, the answer is no. You know, The Ministry yeah. of Labor is not going to help you get your full severance. There are some things the Ministry of Labor can help do, but and I think in an effective fashion. But when it comes to severance, all they can simply give you is what you're owed at bare minimum. And depending on who you are, what your situation is, that at most might be eight weeks or, or at the very, very most, 34 weeks, which is about eight months. But, but what the Ministry of Labor can't do is get you your full severance entitlements, and if those could be upwards of two years, you know you're you're potentially looking at a scenario of getting eight months versus twenty four months. Yeah. Um, as I say, there are there are there are things the Ministry can help out with, like uh, things like unpaid wages, uh, owed vacation pay, uh, owed overtime pay. Yep. You know, these things are more matter of a fact. Um, but when it comes to severance and termination, yeah, you definitely don't want to be going through the ministry when it comes to that. And, and you want to get a lawyer involved first, because the problem is once you do engage with the ministry of labor, um, and they help and assist you in getting your severance, although just your bare minimums, you then can't later go back after the fact and say, Hey, yeah. Chris, you know, I got this from the ministry, but can you get me that extra, you know, eight to 16 months that my full common law rights say I'm owed at that point, uh, there's a highly unlikely chance that I'll be able to do that. So before you even approach them, you want, to, you want to get a lawyer involved, get some legal advice, and, and at least you know, have that lawyer give you the advice of which path to go down. and makes best sense in your case. Got a
0: minute or so left here. Let's get to a quick email. Marilyn writes in and says, hey, Chris, I booked a vacation day a month ago with my boss's permission. Now, just a week before my vacation, my boss changed his mind. He's pulling the plug, saying I got to work. Do I have any rights now?
1: Yeah, this, this scenario actually comes up quite a bit, probably more than I thought it would. But I <laughs> think in a situation where you've got a booked vacation, I think that's the key here is that you've booked the vacation, mm-hmm. you've, got your, you've got your boss's permission, you've made arrangements, um, you, you've relied upon essentially what you, the permission you got in order to do what you're doing. And now it's like the, the, the rug is being pulled out from under you. company yeah. says you can't go anymore. It doesn't work that way you know the the company can in general sort of somewhat control when you take a, vac- a vacation and schedule that accordingly but they can't take back a vacation that they've already approved especially when you're you're sort of on the cusp of actually going on your vacation and as i say you've already booked things you've made arrangements
0: no, plane tickets or um, whatever you know what i mean
1: yeah yeah exactly it, yeah exactly so i don't think in this per- particular scenario the employee has to cancel the vacation and and the employee also can't be penalized because they took an approved vacation. Um so if this is something that's happened in your situation, I would say at the very first instance, talk to your employer, talk to your boss, try to, you know, make them understand what, what you're saying, be reasonable. Hopefully they could be reasonable too, and you guys can sort of hash it out, iron it out. But if at the end of the day they're just saying, you know, it's our way or the highway, I don't care essentially if you've booked this or relied on that or whatever. Um, I think that's where you're going to need to get some legal advice, get a get an employment lawyer involved, and um, hopefully have it resolved shortly thereafter.
0: And with that, we are done for this particular week. We're back in tomorrow with a Disability Law Show at 630 with my pal Savan. So we'll stick around for that. Chris is awesome, and he's done, but he's always ready to talk to you on the other side. That is help. At employmentlawyer.ca, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred 821 5900 And that website, as we mentioned a couple times, with access to the severance calculator, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll talk to, talk to you, uh, what, Saturday morning, I guess, right here with another edition of the Employment Law Show. Enjoy your night. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.